friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, your podcast where we try to help you run your managed service provider business or your IT consulting business or even your computer repair shop better, smarter, and faster. Folks, this is the live show for Wednesday, April 26th, and it's just going to be me today. I had promised you guys some time ago that I would do shows where we would not be featuring a guest or vendor. It would just be a little hangout, a little powwow. I would allow for you to ask questions, sort of like an ask me anything, give you updates on me and my business. So that is what we are doing today. So I hinted at a couple of stories and we'll get to those just a little bit later. But if you were watching the live show, uh, in playback mode, so maybe you're catching this at a later date. The video you saw is for PAX 8 Beyond, which I will be attending in June. Actually, they just sent me a notification that I need to get my travel plans in order. Uh, I will be heading there as a member of the media, and I'll be doing a couple of podcasts there on site, hanging out with our good friend, the godfather of the channel, Rob Ray, and others actually might even be doing a little hangout with our friend from Clockwork Networks, Mr. Mike Wise, uh, who lives near the Denver area. So I reached out to him and said, hey, I'm going to be there. Let's hang. And he said, sure. Uh, He may not pay the money to go see Peyton Manning, but it'll be a good time nonetheless. So this will be my official trip west of the Mississippi for 2023. If any of you are going, uh, give me a shout out. Let me know and let's hang while we're there. I, my first time, obviously, to this first time PAX 8 event. So not sure what it's going to be like, but Rob promises that it's going to be fantastic. So we shall see. A uh, little shout out to those of you joining us live. Uh, I see uh, a couple people in the chat. Mr. Reed, hello, sir. And I will... Uh, be making some comments a little bit later. And I did mention that if you would like to ask me questions, you can either throw them in the chat. We are streaming live on YouTube, LinkedIn, and the Facebook. I see all three chats. Now, not everybody will see them unless I throw them in here. Uh, Giles, hello there from Cabo or Costa Rica or wherever you're watching from. Hello, hello. Uh, so if you'd like to join in and you've got uh, a tablet or computer nearby, you don't have to be on video, but I've put a link where you can join me. Of course, I do have a little screening process, so it's not like you're just going to pop up on the show and surprise me. You'll end up in the green room. Uh, but like I said, you can come on here and join me for a bit, or you can pop a question in the chat and I will answer. So that is how the show will go tonight. In terms of stories, I will go ahead and start with a question that I had asked some people earlier. So I've got, obviously, my patrons. Thank you very much for your support. And I have my unofficial board of directors. Uh, They used to be called the Peanuts Crew back on the Podnuts Pro podcast, but I don't have a name for them them yet here. Uh, But sometimes when I'm looking for a little feedback, a little guidance. I may throw 
you know, some, some questions or comments their way, ask for their, their feedback and stuff. And the question that I asked was, if you offboard a client on a Friday and the new MSP breaks the server over the weekend, how much help would you give them in restoring a backup? So that was the question that I posed. I got some interesting responses, and I won't go into all of them because some of them are, mm, let's just say, pretty funky with the response. But I did get some good responses. Of course, most of the responses were, uh, why don't you just give them your best effort or give them access to the backups? Basically, once you do the handoff, you're good. You're done. And that seems to be the consensus that once you do a handoff with a client to a new MSP, they are responsible for everything. Now, I had mentioned two shows ago where we talked about, you know, sort of the unofficial best practices of offboarding that I like to follow. And one of the things is to, first of all, have a plan. And this is something that I'll be honest, I did not have a plan for. I did not certainly ever think that I would hand off uh, a client and run into this. And the reason is this. I, I did mention that this was the client that I was going to be getting everything back from. This is that client. Uh, literally, I got the computers, the phones, the access points, the switches. I even got the firewall back. They got new internet service. Uh, I got tablets. I got iPads. I, I got tons of stuff back that is all stacked up here at my office. So all of that came back. And the plan was that we would do the initial pickup on Friday night, get as far as we could in the van, filled up the van, came back to my office, unloaded, went back Saturday morning. And it only took us two hours to finish loading up everything. So we had everything except for the server. The new MSP was supposed to take the server, put it onto their network, and they were going to just simply do an image of the server onto their equipment, and then I would pick it up and I would be gone. So when I got back Saturday and asked, so when do you think the server will be ready? The response was, oh, we don't know. We didn't start the restore yet. So they did not start that process. I said, okay, well, I can... You know, come pick it up at another time. Just call me and let me know when. And the assumption was it would be done on Sunday so that I would not have to go into the client space during the week. And it wasn't anything that I needed to worry about. The client is fine. We've This transition has been going on for 18 months. Uh, the client expects to still see me afterwards. Of course, some of the staff are like, oh, now that you're not our IT guy, you can hang out with us now, right? And so that's the 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 atmosphere that we're in. Is there's no bad feelings. Uh, this client has been with me 19 years and six months. I think seven months. Um, but that's it's, it's a good relationship. So I just didn't want to be in there. The MSP was still going to be there through this week uh, doing training, getting their equipment set up, all that stuff. So uh, I just didn't want to like show up and make it look like I was still hanging out. Uh, just got a question in the chat, um, and I'll put that over. 
the thing here. Did you lease all of that equipment to that? And Chris, actually, I did not. This was all equipment that they had paid for. Most of my clients don't want to lease. They want to just buy it outright, and that's what they did. So literally everything was was paid for. And what made this tricky is that the client, because of the way they – I probably shouldn't have said MSP. So this client was not acquired by another MSP. This company merged with a larger company, and they are now part of that company. So for the last 18 months, they've been ramping up, and the company now has taken over officially. They have an internal IT department. So I'm not handing off to another MSP. I'm basically handing off to their internal IT. And the new company technically purchased or partnered with the old company, and I don't know all the details. I know that there's a contract with the owner, uh, but the 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 equipment was all paid for, and the paycheck that I've been well, not the paycheck, but the checks that were written to me over the last eighteen months have come from the parent company, not my client. So the parent company had paid for a lot of this equipment. In fact, they actually just paid an invoice last month for some brother wireless printers that were ordered six months ago. And we're on back order. I don't know if you know the little brother thermal printers. Uh, This is a medical office that uses those printers to print out labels for prescriptions or, I don't know, something, blood samples, you know, that sort of thing. And they just came in. The parent company doesn't use those and doesn't want those. So they had six of those that they purchased that actually came back to me still new in the box. So it's kind of interesting. Now, the owner of the original business is of the opinion that, well, I paid for that equipment, so I should get some of it. So he does want some computers uh, that to take home for personal use. And I said, well, fine. Uh, the first thing is, though, I have to wipe them and get you know anything from your business off of it for HIPAA laws. Not that there's anything on most of those computers, but... To do a good CYA, I am literally wiping everything on the computers, the iPads, and then once that is done, then they can have whatever they want, and they're going to pay, and we came up with a a price of they're going to pay me $150 to put Windows on these computers and make them ready for pickup, and anybody that wants them is going to have to come to our office and pick those up. We're not delivering computers to them. Um, but the doctor did want some compensation and I said, I'm not paying you for any of your stuff, but, uh, it was either have it come to my office so that I can wipe them or they would be picked up by some anonymous recycler that the parent company would choose. And I said, you know, you don't want a HIPAA fine. So let me take them and wipe them and then we'll go from there. So that, uh, that is it. Now, Chris, you got us off track. (laughs) So, Uh, Getting back to the story, so yeah, this was an internal IT that had 18 months to plan for this transition and only started really doing stuff in the last month. So some of the things that they were supposed to do was uh, transition email, uh, copy everything from this server. So I went in on Friday and literally ripped out 
everything in terms of shutting down the network, doing everything. And they took the physical server from the server closet that it was in, and they moved it over to where they had put in their new rack and equipment, and they were going to load that up and and do the image restore. And sometime between Saturday when they started it and Sunday, the server took a dump. They claimed that there were power issues, which, I mean, I've worked with this customer for 19 years. There's probably only been two power issues in that entire time. Anything that was really significant was because of hurricanes that we had planned for. So I don't know how they ran into power issues, except for the fact that they did not put the server on a battery backup, but I don't know that that was the issue. So come to find out, they uh, they they had an issue with the server, took a dump, and they called me on Tuesday. They didn't call on Monday. So they must have spent all Monday trying to get it back up. They called me and asked me if I had backups for the server. And uh, I said, okay, yeah, I mean, I was going to keep your stuff for 30 days. So what I ended up doing, for those of you that really want to know the answer to the question, I took the images from the Synology NAS that we had because we did a local backup to the NAS and then from the NAS to the cloud. So I just took the images, threw them on an external USB, told them it was ready. This morning they came over, picked it up, and went back and went about their merry way. And as far as I know, they were doing a restore and going along. So that was as far as I was willing to go for them. Uh, just to simply do that, I did not charge them for the time to do that. I'm charging them for the external drive I gave them as a two terabyte uh, external drive. So I'll charge them for that as part of my offboarding. So that was fun. Um, one of the answers that I got um, was the amount of help you would give a client in restoring a backup after offboarding would depend on the terms of your offboarding agreement and the level of support you are willing to provide. It is recommended to have a clear onboarding process in place that outlines the responsibilities of both parties and the level of support that will be provided after the offboarding process is complete. And that's where I basically stopped and said, look, once the offboarding is complete, I'm done. I'm out. So that's where we were, and this was in my mind, a very generous thing that I did to say, yeah, I have it, you can have it. Now, I did not offer to do the restore for them, and I would not have offered to you know, provide any hardware or anything like that, uh, but that was pretty much the plan there. Uh, I did have a Jay respond and, and said that he loved the question. Uh, he had about the same thing happen, but told them, once we remove you from the system... All your backups are gone. So that was pretty interesting. I I have said that, but I haven't been as strict with that. Usually I will still keep it for 30 days. That's part of the offboarding that I charge is that, look, we'll, we'll keep your stuff for 30 days just in case there's any issues. And then after that, gone. So that is where we are. So that is the the question that I put out to the community. If you guys have any comments that you'd like to share, any thoughts, go ahead and, again, you can throw them in the chat. You can send me an email, which a lot of you'd like to send me emails. So I, I've been reading a bunch of those. So send me the email with your response and what you think should have happened. Uh, there is, oh, I put a note on here 
So when I first started researching some offboarding stuff, uh, I wanted to go out and see what some others had done. And I did not put this together, but I had a link to a company that I'm interested in. And if any of you know them, it is a company called ITS something. I'm trying to type and write at the same time. So if you're watching, I apologize for you looking at my bald head, but a company called, oh, here it is, Intelligent Technical Solutions. So this was a company that I saw that uh, there was a person that had been writing blogs for a couple of years now, and I've paid attention to them, but there was a blog that uh, was posted, I believe it was last year, that was pretty nice, obviously from their perspective as the as the IT company, and they had um, the title is called "Leaving ITS." So as if they were losing a client, it's uh, "Leaving ITS: The Hows and Whys of Offboarding." And I'm going to put a link to this because I think it's actually a pretty good document that if you have a client that is leaving. Uh, you give them your process, uh, which is what we talked about having a plan. Let them know how it's going to be as they offboard and after they offboard. And I think with this client, we did a pretty good job of talking about the process, what happens during the offboard, what happens the day of transition. Uh, everybody was was quite understanding of you know knowing when things were going to go down. Everybody knew at five o'clock on Friday. Network was going to go down, and we would start removing stuff. They would start bringing stuff in. It was it was pretty interesting, but we did not have anything in place for afterwards in that type of situation. So again, uh, intelligent technical solutions, and I have reached out to them to uh, chat with them some more and see if they'd be willing to come on the show. If any of you know of that company, reach out and hook me up. Uh, Let's see. Number two that I mentioned in the social media in terms of topics tonight went to a client today that is a subcontracted client. This is a client that is in Miami, first of all, which I hate driving to Miami, but it is a client that they're based out of Boston, but they have an office down here in Miami, so I go down to support them usually two to three times a month. And I got the email that they had a system that they needed me to probably wipe and rebuild because the Dell technician that had shown up for the repair left before making sure the system booted properly. And the system was in a state now where it got to a screen where it said inaccessible boot device. And my first thought was, why don't you make the Dell guy go back out there? And I guess they were in a battle and Dell didn't want to go back out, but they were saying that they had to, but they wanted me to go and check it out for them to see if this was really a hardware issue or if it was just, you know, poor techmanship on the part of Dell and basically what it was, I think this has been a standard practice for Dell, and I don't know about other companies, but I know that Dell, if they are doing a re-image of a system, they literally 
stick a drive in, either it's a USB drive or CD or whatever, they'll start the restore and then they leave. And they expect for you as the company or end user or whatever to finish the Windows setup yourself, which I have always found to be ridiculous. So I think that's what happened here, that the tech left and the drive just didn't finish getting set up. So I went there, and to be honest with you, all I ended up doing, uh, this company has some spare systems in the server room that can be hot-swapped. All of the user profiles are basically roaming profiles, not only with their you know documents and folders, um, their email, but they've got some, some AutoCAD stuff that literally somebody can log in anywhere and have all of their stuff follow them. So rather than me go through this entire process, I figured let me bring the drive back to my office or the system back to my office. I'll check it here. I just swapped out a desktop there. The person's up and running. And I, I don't know, the Dell person came out on Monday. Today's Wednesday. So that person's been without their computer working on a, what they call a touchdown station. It's basically a remote station that's not a full setup. So I just said, let me do that, get them back up and running. And that was it. But I just, uh, I put that on there because I just thought, I cannot believe that this is a practice that Dell would still be doing where a technician shows up, does half the job and leaves. So I just, I don't know. I don't work with Dell. I work with HP, but I always take on the full responsibility uh, responsibility of the system. From the time it gets to me or to my client, I only call support if I know for sure there is a failure. You know, whether it's the hard drive or the memory or the board, I would take care of as much as possible without having to call them. And only if it turns out that, yes, it is a piece of hardware, they come out. Usually on hard drive stuff, I take care of that for this very reason. Because I don't I don't want them to come out, do a half-assed job, and then I still got to come back and do it. So I might as well just do the whole job. Hard drives are cheap. And if I've got to you know, re-image the stuff or pull down from backup, I can do that. Uh, much faster than waiting for a tech. And uh, if any of you have any other experiences with Dell or other technicians, uh, let me know. All right, before we get to topic number three, let me acknowledge our sponsors here. Of course, we all know that our show, the IT Business Podcast, is presented by Dent Ally, the leader in network testing solutions. They have some great handheld tools that I have talked about over the years, the Etherscope, the Link Sprinter, the OneTouch. All of these tools help you diagnose, troubleshoot, design, validate networks, usually in just a few minutes. Now, the newest item that I talked about last week that they are unveiling, this handheld tool called, called the CyberScope. I don't know much about it. As I mentioned last week, I did reach out to them and they said, yes, Marv, we uh, will get you on the list and we'll do a special live show with you. I don't know if I'm getting a unit yet. Uh, I did get some additional questions where uh, the website showing this device is already out and it looks like they've you know added some in-map capabilities. They claim that there's some other stuff, but obviously you can't see 
I don't know. So, Terry, as soon as I find out, I will let you know. Of course, Terry, you know, I will try to get my hands on one and we'll see exactly what the tool is about. But that uh, that is all I know. So looking forward to some stuff from our friends over at NetAlly. Uh, live show presented by Computers Done Right, your one-stop shop for all your computer needs in Venice, Florida. Uh, our friend John over there does a great job, uh, not only with just computer repairs, uh, man- managed services, but also can help with website and social media needs. Uh, so head over to Computers Done Right if you are in the Southwest Florida area. And we are also happy to have our newest Sponsor, Instant House Call. If you are a new or emerging IT tech uh, and you need remote software, something that's a little bit more robust than me.com, why don't you look for software that is perfect for small businesses and has unique features that IT pros to depend on, supports both PCs and Macs. You can do personalized branding. All of the stuff like transfer files have unattended access. But one of the things that they do that nobody else does, if you've got somebody you want to do a one-off on-demand session with and the person says, I can't have you do it right now, they can give you up to a 12-hour window where you can go in and do a remote session that's still on-demand, but it is left for you. So if it's something where they say, hey, can you do this after hours? I'll leave the computer on. You can do the the setup ahead of time, and then after work, go in, click on their stuff, and there they are. So uh, instant house call, right? Um, the perfect solution for IT professionals. Try it for 15 days with no obligation and no credit card required. Instant house call dot. All right. And then I also should have you guys pay attention to another upcoming event that I will be at. Uh, I will actually be the MC for this, the 2023 edition of TechCon Unplugged. Are you ready to unplug? Are you ready to connect with the brightest minds in tech? Then join us for TechCon Unplugged 2023. From September 7th through the 10th, you'll have the chance to connect with a community of like-minded tech professionals who share your passion and drive. Attend hands-on workshops and breakout sessions to learn new skills and gain fresh perspectives. It's not just about the work. There's also plenty of time to unwind, relax, and have fun with your fellow attendees. Akko says it's where the magic happens. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to unplug, recharge, and take your tech career to the next level. Get your early bird tickets now at TechCon Unplugged. Dot com. All right. Hope to see you guys there this September. It's going to be a fantastic event, this time in New York slash New Jersey. I think it's on the New Jersey side, but everybody's still trying to get to the New York. Uh, and if you heard that, that is our business road, people getting off work. There is a audio tent one of those little shops where people like soup up their cars and stuff. And so when they pull out of the parking lot, they like to screech by. So usually I can filter those out, but that one was kind of loud if you heard it. All right. My last topic for today 
uh, I put on the note that uh, I tried to hire a tech and didn't, and here's why. And uh, so the bottom line is, oh, somebody's in the green room. I'll finish the story, and then we'll get them on. How about that? The Well, let's go back. So it has been a long time, more than 10 years since I had a full-time tech. I had a tech working with me full-time from about 2005 to 2012. And that was about the time that I really started getting into remote support, managed services, and found that I could do more with my remote tools than than the techs who were sitting around not doing their training and not really being motivated. So uh, I had been without a tech for that long. And I was at the point before these two offboardings with my clients that I'm like, I got to get another tech. And I had sort of picked up my newest company, which right now they're at 57 stations. Uh, There's actually more we're finding out. Uh, So I thought, well, if I'm going to have to support this client, I cannot keep doing this by myself at this pace. So I said, let me look for a tech. So I started putting feelers out and ended up going on the site simplyhired.com. Actually seemed to be pretty much like um, the big boys. And yeah, the name escapes me. I don't even know where I'm hiring. But it was just going to be a part-time deal uh, starting around 15 bucks an hour. I'd be willing to go up to 18 and found a, a kid. And yes, he's a kid because he probably was in his very early 20s and had been an intern for two years while he was in school and worked at his first job that he was at for four months and offered him the job because out of all the applicants, there were others obviously more qualified, but in terms of being a part-time, being somebody who I thought at this stage in their life would be a go-getter, would you know, maybe evolve into a full-time down the road. He said, yep, great. I don't like where I'm at because of opportunities. So made the offer to him, initially said yes, and then said no, because after doing the math, uh, he didn't think he could afford and wanted to be paid what he was worth. And basically said, in order for me to take this job, I'd have to make $20 an hour, which, listen, not unreasonable for somebody with experience, somebody full-time wanting to do a job, but it was just striking at the young age that the attitude was, I need to be paid what I'm worth. Well, come to find out, this person was... He was doing 24 hours at the job that he was at, so he's part-time, was working remote part of the time, and maybe visiting a client once or twice in that time. The part-time days were Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 9 to 5. So he was working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, one of Thursday and Fridays off. One of the things that I had mentioned is that every now and then we're going to have a weekend where we're going to go do some stuff so I'd like them to be available, you know, maybe once once a month. And he thought that that was excessive. He wanted his weekends free. And I'm like, dude, you're part-time. So that jaded me. So I'm like, you know what? 
I only need to get through the next month by myself. And then there will be a situation where another junior will come in at this new client that is at the 57 workstations. So once that person gets in, I'll probably be back to the level that I was before. I just off-boarded one client. I have another client that will be off-boarding in the next couple of months. But this new client covers both of them. And I have an opportunity for some more. So maybe we'll see what happens in a couple of months or so. So that is the story there. So I tried to hire a tech, but the tech said that I was too cheap and he wanted to be paid what he's worth, whatever. So in the green room, one of the people that I call friends, somebody who, oh, we're going to see if he will be headed up to TechCon Unplugged because that's in his neck of the woods. I'm talking about... Stan, the man from Fluid Design. Stan, how are you? What's going on? Look at you, man. Got your little green screen behind you. There's no green screen. That's the problem, but <laughs> it's working. It's, I had on a black shirt, and I had to change it because it was blurring me out. Oh. But uh, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I'm not going to mess around on your platform. That's all right. It doesn't work as good as the, the teams in this <laughs> Zoom on the virtual background. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yep, this is open mic night. Thank you for popping on, being the first brave soul. So what brings you on tonight? Come on, man. Listen, I was <laughs> I was downstairs getting this baldy bald, and I'm like, what time is it? I just <laughs> shot you a text. I said, wait, I think I'm 30 minutes late on this. Uh, on this. So I was listening to you downstairs. I finished up, and I said, let me run up and check my buddy uh, Marv out and see how doing the day yeah so did you uh did you catch the first part of the show no so i got on about uh 25 or so where you were uh, discussing the repair operation by dell yes um i look just i'm just gonna jump in on that real quick i have to tell you i used to sell a lot of dell i stopped because of their support from my standpoint many years ago i mean it's got to be at least 15 years now um, to where I went to a full HP shop, just like you. Um, by and large, most of my HP experience has been positive. I had one weird one recently um, where I ended. It's partially because the client on site didn't do what they were supposed to do. Um, so at to test everything or have or call me before the guy leaves. Um, all in all, I ended up going over there, taking the machine, bringing it here, having them come here to resolve it. And ultimately, I had to send. Mm. Um, so it was just the weirdest interaction, uh, and the machine was less than six months old. Obviously, you and I know things happen, but the client, especially the woman whose computer it was, she's the one who pays the bills. No, oh. uh, she she wasn't she wasn't happy. But uh, all is well now, um, you know, in, in the land. But uh, it was a bit of a bump in a road. More than ever, you know, typically. And it was an elite book. So, and oh, oh no, not elite book. It was a Z book, which they have a whole different department for elite books. Um, and they're usually pretty quick and painless with the text work. Yeah. It, it was interesting. And these, so these uh, Dell machines, they're, they're the big boy precision workstations. They're, you know, like they yep. look like a server. The CAD, the CAD machines. Yeah. Yep, the, the CAD, CAD machines. Owners. They got dual 1080. TX uh, video cards in them. <laughs> so, uh, just, um, just I, I know we both have a, a lovely friend who sells a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I can tell you right now, I have 
customers that are in that business, that are architects and are engineers, um, and they just never need a $10,000 computer. Maybe they're not doing intense stuff, but uh, most of the time, um, at least when it comes to HP LAN, I actually have one next to me. Uh, you know, I deal with the Z series line in that respect. But uh, in terms of pricing, you know, things are usually no more than three to four grand tops, you know, and that's on the high end. Um, most people just aren't pushing these things uh, as far as they can go, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe I just don't know. Well, it's funny. So at this particular client, so a lot of the CAD drawers are young. So this company is doing well enough that when these young people ask for it, they get. So some of this stuff is because the kids are like, oh, I want to have this card and I want to have this and I want to have two and three screens. And, you know, they 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 spend the money, but the company is is successful right now. They're making the money. And in fact, they're growing. Uh, they They can't keep up with the demand of their work. So they're trying, they want to double their staff. They've got about... 25 i think now and they want they need to double in the next year they said so it'll be interesting and this is, obviously this is your client right so this is a subcontracted client they're at a, okay they're based out of uh boston the reason i was going to ask that is that's one of the most interesting conversations that i continue to have i mean i've been in this business for over 20 years and I've unfortunately seen clients go the other way from bigger to smaller, rather from smaller to bigger. Um, and I don't know what that's a function. of. I've had plenty of conversations with plenty of uh, colleagues who have like, yeah, I used to work with these people when they were two people. Now they're 200 people. And I'm like, where are these companies? Right. Um, because I have to tell you that either my people maintain their staff level or unfortunately their staff level down um, over time. I mean, they're still in business, they're still operational, but I, I don't have a single story that I can share where I go, hey, man, this was a small company, even a 10 user company, and all of a sudden they're a 40, 50, 60 person company. I don't have a single one. Well, you need to move down here because I've had a few of those myself. In fact, the customer that I fired originally started out as a 40 user client for me, one location. When I left them, they were seven locations, 190-ish uh, people. I was looking them up the other day because I, I still talk with them. and still, They are now nine locations, almost 300. So if yeah. I could have hung with them, we'd, uh, we'd be sitting pretty. <laughs> um, my other firm started. They were about uh, 55. Uh, they're at 150 now. Uh, the client that I just picked up, now, I don't know how much they're going to keep growing. They claim that they want to get bigger. For instance, the guy's got about 25,000 square feet. He wants, you know, 100,000 square feet. He basically wants, you know, he's trying to find a uh, closed down BJ's or Costco to move into. It's an event company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 10 years ago, he was five people. And now he's, I think he's like 70 people, but I've only got 55 machines that I'm dealing with. Uh, he says that he's going to grow and it's interesting. Yeah. Down here. Listen, I love it. I just, I just wish I had some more ambitious people. <laughs> I guess I guess that's the other side, right? Yeah. Oh man. Well, well, what's funny about it is I've seen a lot of people's revenue grow and not necessarily more with less. Right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. 
So what's your what's your uh, what was your topic list? I forgot. Did you hit them all? So you you got the second and the third topics. The first topic was um, I'm I've, I'm on this offboarding series uh, that I've been talking about for the last month or so. So this past weekend was the offboarding of my medical client, where I actually got back all the equipment. Okay. And we were going to go pick up the server over the weekend. So we shut them down at five o'clock. The new company took the server, put it on their network. They were going to image the server onto their network. And I was going to come back and get that. Well, they didn't start the image until Saturday. I didn't hear from them Sunday or Monday, but yesterday they called me and said, um, do you have a backup? The server took a dump on us. Now at first I'm like, your server, your problem. Go, go, go pound salt. Um, but I actually ended up, uh, well, first, what would you have done, my friend? Okay. Well, technically, you're under contract till the first, right? No, or I'm on contract until I pick up all the equipment. We shut them down Friday at 5 o'clock. So the 21st? Yep. Okay. Um, so I, not a similar situation. I'll just... I'll share this story. I'm going to chime in on this. First off, let's go with my my way for a second. <laughs> the, 30th, the 30th would have been the last day. Okay. If they call me on the 1st, I don't have anything. I'm just telling you, right? So, so you still didn't have the server in your hand. I get it. Um, my thing is, until that's back in your hand, I guess you're still technically on I'm assuming you were doing hass with these guys, hardware as a service? Actually, no. Why did they have your server? So, listen, my customer paid for everything. This is all their equipment. So, in most situations, I'd be like, okay, see ya. Yeah, you just leave everything behind. But it's a medical client, and the new company, they were just going to dump all the stuff off on a recycler. They were going to say, hey, somebody come pick this up. I said, um... No, 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 no. I don't want that stuff to get out there and have a HIPAA violation. And, you know, somehow I'm responsible. So it was my option to them. Let me grab all the stuff, bring it back to my office. I'll wipe it. And they were like, cool, saves us from having to do it. And we don't have to worry about it. And so that was the whole thing. Okay. And you're looking at it from the perspective of your BAA and blah, blah, blah. I yeah. get it, right? Which is another reason why I don't deal. So, so, right. I'm just telling you, right. Like, look at that. The guys, they were going to go do something else unbeknownst to you. And either you heard them or you caught a whiff of it, which is why you're able to kind of step in, right. In another situation, they could have done whatever they've done and you would have never even known and still opened yourself up to. So I get that. Now, my thing is um, I wouldn't have had nothing. So I'll just give you the, the reason I'm mentioning. I just had a client um, that I offboarded for the beginning of this month. Just so you know, six weeks, they let me know this February 24th. Deal, contract is up April 1st. So I exist with them until March 31st. Um, I sent out, you know, they sent me a letter. I sent them a nice letter back. This is, these are all the services that will cease to exist um, at the end of the contract, which included, you know, backups of, uh, and, you know, all the 365 content, backup of the Google Drive content, 
and on-site backups on the data. Um, as a footnote, I made it clear that all local and cloud backups will cease to exist as of that day, right? I mean, that's it. I just put it there in black and white. Um, I don't hear um, on the first, on um, this was February, so March 1st, client gets their bill for the month. They pay their bill in full. I'm happy now, right? You know, no one's trying to stiff me. I send the client in a secure email, all of their credentials, everything in regards to their environment. What happens? I don't hear a peep, right? A question here and there about certain things and I answer it, no big deal. Um, but we should have all known something was interesting when they looked and said, what is this thing here? It's called a data. What is it? Yeah. Right. We should have known, but essentially they were supposed to onboard this client. Right. And I saw some agents dropping here and there. March 31st, all the agents on the servers were still there. All the agents on the windows machines were still there and only one or two agents on the Macs were still there. But the point is they obviously haven't fully didn't fully. And somewhere, I think it was a 30th, I get an email from those guys. How long do you keep the backups? Did you not read? I said, please refer, you know, refer to the earlier email. And, and, you know, this is the new company and the clients on the email, which, you know, in my opinion, doesn't bode any level of confidence or, or shouldn't. And, uh, and I just said, kept saying, reference that letter. And then I said, listen, as of close of business on March 31st, we will not have any local data. We will not have any cloud data everything will be purged from our system, right? I deleted everything in Keeper in regards, like I don't want anything to do with you as of that day. So if that was me and you called me on April 1st and said, do you have a backup? Nope, have a good life. And in all seriousness, and some people may call me a jerk, I hit that button in data, delete all local and cloud data at close of business on the right. same thing with Backupify. Because I wasn't paying another month for that stuff. And uh, contract was up. I had my cancellations in with the vendors. And you were no longer a client as of April 1st. So if you're not a client, you don't get treated as such. So yep. I don't know sense. if that answers your question. But <laughs> that's a long way for me to say no. <laughs> if it was that's... the day after. I'm just, you know, yep. April 1st, those guys call me. I don't have nothing for you. So Which I think most people are like that. Whatever the day is that we're done, that means done. Well, and this is the thing, and I don't know how it was in your scenario. They had an entire month of overlap. And just because they chose Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. See, that's, we're going to have to talk more. I'm going to have to re-explain. Okay. I'm going to have to explain some of this. They didn't have- No, no, no. You'll let, you'll let me know. But yeah. like for me, I'm just saying, right? They came in February 24th. My contract was till the end. Okay, for your client. Yeah, your scenario. No, no. And, and all I'm saying is they wasted that month. Yeah. Right. The yep. fact that I was I still had my agents that I had to uninstall on March 31st. And I, and and by the way, even if I take somebody over, I always advise that month overlap. So if I need to ask the other people something, I can, uh, which usually I pride myself in not having to do that. Um, <laughs> it's my own thing there. But it's just like you can't be emailing me on the 31st asking me questions that asking me questions that were essentially answered back in February. Um, and if you chose not to read that email, then that's on you. But the client was made aware, her attorney signed off, and everybody was good, was in the know. So, uh, as of, like I said, April 1st, you are no longer a client. You know? All right. But, well, if you're uh, willing, if you're willing to hang with me for a few minutes after the show here, we'll, we'll continue that in the post show. 
Uh, I want to go ahead and start to uh, wrap up here. Uh, I want to let everybody know that if you are behind on the shows, uh, go back and listen to last week's show, uh, Tech on the Beach. My new friend, Allie Johnston, who started a tech business in my hometown of Satellite Beach, Florida. Uh, it is seems to be a very popular show, so I don't have the notes from every single week, but doing a quick search, uh, that show last week seems to be the most popular of 2023. Uh, very interesting show with uh, Allie Johnston. Uh, let's see, next week, who do I have next week? Makes for great audio show. Scheduled events, there we go. Uh, oh, look at that. I've got a uh, enable conference coming up. So next week, I'm going to be continuing with my Florida theme. Uh, Zena, your friend there, Stan, Zena Hassel, is oh, uh, yeah. going to be on the show next week. And not only is she going to be on the show, she is going to be here in studio. Oh, beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So Zena Hassel, uh, let's see, ZLH Enterprises is her company. She is a, now are they dual residents? I don't think I've even asked her that. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's new. She's uh she's up here in Jersey and in Florida. So uh, yeah, she's a, she's a snowbird. <laughs> I think yeah. she's spending some more time down there. Yeah. Uh, so she will be in house. Uh, she was with me at the exchange event in Orlando, which is where we officially met face to face. We had met each other through zoom uh, through the ASCII calls and some other meetings, but that was the first time we met each other face-to-face. We were in the same boardroom uh, for those three days, but uh, she will be here in studio next week. All right. Uh, no Florida man uh, this week. We will get back to that next week and see if uh, our dual resident can uh, do one. Uh, I am hoping to have information on NetAlly CyberScope here pretty soon. And also I'm working on getting my good friend Barry on the show because we are going to talk all things ingenious. They have introduced SD-WAN gateways and routers. Uh, I had a little talk about ingenious about a month ago where I wasn't happy with all the different web portals that they were doing and they were introducing new switches that didn't aligned to the same portals, the old switches, and I thought that was just annoying. So uh, we will talk about Ingenious as soon as I can get caught up with my friend Barry. Obviously, we're going to talk about uh, ASCII events coming up, talk about PAX 8, Beyond, TechCon, whole bunch of stuff. But uh, that is going to do it, folks, for this live edition. I can't believe you got no Florida Man story, man. What was that? I can't believe you don't have a Florida man. Story. Oh, I got Florida man stories. I, <laughs> you you want to you want to hear how great Florida man has been? Uh, you've heard those stories about uh, the delivery drivers being shot by driving into the wrong uh, yeah. driveway and stuff. Well, you know, Florida man could not be left out on that. So uh, the story out of let's see, I'll pull it up right here. Here's the title. Florida man opens fire on Instacart driver who went to wrong home. So this is how yeah, close it yeah, is. Yeah. You guys can't be outdone. You know? <laughs> you cannot be outdone. A South Florida man who police say fired shots and an Instacart driver delivering groceries to their own home will not face criminal charges. 
The Instacart shopper said they had trouble finding the customer's home near Davie, Florida. Now, know your geography. Davie is about 15 minutes from me. Mm-hmm. They were actually trying to leave the man's property when he opened fire. So there's a whole backstory to that. There's actually a story where the son came out to try to see what was going on and something happened. They were trying to turn around, hit a rock in the guy's yard. The guy came running out with his gun. They ran over his foot. I mean, there's a whole story there. I'll have to find the original story, but yeah, Florida yeah, man. Well, listen, listen, we had to, I had to pull something out of you on that. You know <laughs> what I mean? I had to pull something. I, I actually, there's a, there's a Florida story. What I thought was real Florida, two lines. From there. The, uh, the two drivers in Florida a couple weeks ago that started firing their guns at each other in a fit of road rage. Yeah. One man had his five-year-old in the car. The other had a 14-year-old in the car and both the children got shot and wounded. Yep. Yeah. 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 You guys are, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay up here. For that a is day. us, man. That is us. Uh, we should do a whole show on Florida man stories at some point, but uh, yeah, yeah, be great. it should be a quarterly thing. Maybe. <laughs> quarterly. I'm sure there'll be I'll enough up, stories. I'll hook up with our, uh, our friend Ray Orsini and uh, sure. do that. So, all right, folks, that's going to do it for tonight. For those of you that are watching live and want to hang out, we are going to stay here for a post show. Others of you, thank you for downloading and subscribing to the show. For all things, uh, head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. Check out the past shows. And, oh, we are going to be doing a little, well, I'm teasing an idea of a newsletter so that I can send out to patrons and subscribers and people that really follow the show when I have things that aren't necessarily show-related. We'll talk about that more, but that was something I had on here to talk about. But we're running out of time. Um, but, uh, check back with us and we'll see y'all soon. And until next time, holla. 